Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. That was a shambles. This podcast is going to be shambles. I'm coming live from Omadu. Paul's in New York City. Hey, Paul. How's it going? And um, live from Auckland, New Zealand. Welcome back, Andrew Price. Thanks for having me, guys. You just made the bold statement that Luka Doncic is the greatest player of all time. I regret um, I regret that instantly. I should have said Ty Lawson. Nah, the, <laughs> this is good, man. I like this. The sickness of this podcast is already inf- infecting you, and it's time for Advanced Analytics. So this is the podcast where we, uh, we, we, we do hot takes, really, is what we specialise in. Paul, what do you specialise in on the podcast? Uh, I don't know, banter. We've bought... <laughs> <laughs> what sort of banter are you bringing to the table besides embarrassing the podcast on Twitter? Nah, solid banter and, yeah, predictions on Twitter, none of which have come true so far, but... <laughs> If you, must, if you missed last week's episode, Paul was running a scam where he was trying to pre-predict major sporting events like transfers, not even always in basketball, to try and be the person who breaks the story. And so far, he's zero mm. from three on predictions. I'm so, thinking Trump impeachment. We're going to break it. After last week, I went back and I, I realized that I'd actually been following the uh, podcast account for like a few months now. Um, but Paul had been like tweeting at weird hours of the night, like all those predictions. So... I'd miss them. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't want anyone to see them before they come true, and then, but then once they have, you know, you claim it. This is very embarrassing. But um, Andrew, uh, welcome back to the show. We're glad to have you. Oh, thank you. It's good. Good to be here. And, and we're, we're, we've got Andrew here to help steady the ship a little bit. And last week, he controversially said that I have worse takes than Paul. I don't and think that's Paul... controversial. I'd say that's pretty unanimous, mm. global. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Paul, moments after that, then predicted the Spurs are going to win a championship in the next three years. Yeah. I mean, I kind of thought I was hedging my bets a bit, siding with Paul, and then he kind of really shot me in the face with that one. Yeah, I'm going to keep on... I'm going to hold you to that one, because Paul says way crazier stuff than me. I'm just more... <laughs> Emphatic. I reckon it was a probably in there. I reckon I said probably. Well, it's probably time for... Uh, oh, well done, Paul. You've really defended yourself ironclad there. <laughs> it's time for uh, the Week in Review. Week in Review. Luka Doncic. Andrew, you're pumping on him. You're an NBA expert, vaguely. Um, what do you love about Luka Doncic? Um... I I'm okay. So I was I've been listening to like heaps of podcasts this week, NBA podcasts, and everyone's just gushing over him at the moment, and rightfully so. I think he's an amazing player. And I went through and I was listening to I think it was the Bill Simmons podcast or one of those. It sounds like something he would have said about only four players in NBA history ever averaging twenty five point seven rebounds, seven assists in their second season, and that's Luca, yeah. Luca, LeBron, and Oscar Robertson. 
And in their and, and same for in their rookie season, like twenty point seven rebounds, five assists. Only two players ever have done that, and that's Luca and Oscar Robertson. Um, so he's in pretty like rarefied air as far as where he's currently, what he's currently achieving. Um, Although with but, the with the NBA, can you not just pull those stats out for anyone these days? Like I remember when they were making Carmelo Anthony look like that. You, you could do that for so many players. I remember when Michael Carter Williams was a rookie sensation. Like they they find comparisons to. Like, like Oscar Robertson averaged a triple-double for a season and then Ru- Russell Westbrook did it twice and no one's gushing about him anymore, you know? Yeah, they're totally, like, you can you can skew them however you want. But what I would say is that all those numbers, so Oscar Robertson, LeBron James, Luka Doncic, they're, like, by far the, the standouts in the rookie, you know, rookie season. Luka's doing it in mm. 10 minutes less per game than both those guys were doing it, putting up those numbers. Yeah. So it is... But it, the, the pa- yeah, the pace is twice as fast though, right? Yeah, and they're shooting a lot more threes than they used to, um, which yeah. you know, racks up the points a lot quicker. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's always gray areas with that, but I'd I'd say it's he definitely passes the eye test as well with that stuff. Like he's a phenomenal athlete um, and player. Pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing for a second year p- player. Paul, are you swept up in Luka Mania? I haven't really been following it. Uh, <laughs> Good on you, mate. That's the quality we expect from this podcast. I saw him playing uh, the Magic and yeah. was not impressed. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he why were you not impressed? Um, nah, nah. I was, I was impressed. I did find in, in that game in particular, he was going to the free throw line more than I would like. Like it was hard and esque at times. But um, yeah. also, I was looking back at his stats, and I think that was probably his worst game of the season. Uh, shout out to the Magic for locking him down. He still scored like 27 with seven assists or something. But The um, NBA the NBA needs to sort out free throws, I reckon. Like, they need, I, I don't know what they need to do, but last night the commentators were gushing over the fact that um, players uh, uh, can... Uh, uh, like like Harden, like they're gushing over how he manages to dominate within the rules of the, re- the the game, and he's there. They were literally complimenting Harden on hooking Kawhi's arm while he's driving to the lane and drawing a foul on Kawhi by like literally going like, "Stop slapping me! Stop slapping me!" You know, like he's using Kawhi's arm to slap him. Um, it's evil, and I don't I don't know why going to the free throw line heaps is so rarefied these days. No, I I don't think it is. Don't you think people don't like no one likes Harden? No, any serious no, 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 no not true. Like fans and Twitter and stuff hate him and Reddit, but like e- analytics experts, boffins like Andrew, love people who go to the free throw line because it gives them an awesome true shooting percentage. So Kevin Durant, LeBron James, you know, it's part of what makes them great is that they get to the free throw. Kyrie, it get, and, and if a player like Victor Oladipo doesn't get to the free throw line much. They they'll complain about it and go they don't get to the free throw line enough. It's a super efficient way to score points, and that's yeah. a, it's not a fun way to watch basketball. I totally agree. Like watching Harden with that little hook where he grabs the guy's arm and then tries to run yeah. through it. It's just it, that's not basketball. It's pretty bad to watch, and it's kind of like uh, I saw Mike Malone, the Nuggets coach, after the um, Nuggets beat them um, a couple of days ago. Oh, brag! Yeah, a little brag there. Um, he was saying it's like when Michael Jordan was in the league and they had to change the rules, um, like the way that the game's officiated because guys like that just, it, it's not fun to watch anymore. And and yeah. It's, and it also it, is not working. Well, they're really incentivized like, to do it. Like the way that, you know, it's they just get points from the free throw line all the time. So you can totally understand why guys do it, but it's not fun for fans. 
So, so it's the same problem rugby has, where um, it becomes a it becomes a sport where you just try and get penalties and kick um, kick uh, field goals. What do you call them in rugby? You call them Pen- penalties. Uh, penalties, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's just it's just kind of interesting that like I don't know how you change the rules to officiate against us, and that's not necessarily what Doncic was doing. It was just Paul put me on that um, that, t- that that tangent as well. It is amazing what he's doing in his second season. Here's my question, and I know I already probably know what Andrew's answer is, so I'm maybe more interested in what Paul says. But I think that Luka Doncic to become a great, and people are already comparing him to Larry Bird, obviously. Um, you got to compare him to like you know the other players, you know. You're comparing to Oscar Robinson, the other and stuff white like that. guys, to become it to become a great though, to become a great, do, is it good for him to go into the three point competition or the dunk competition? Obviously, he's probably not really a candidate for the dunk competition, but I'm going to say it is. What do you think my take on this is going to be? Why why am I instantly well, you're, being you're ruled out of the three point competition <laughs> and the and the dunk competition are trash? But I think they're important, and part of the reason Larry Bird is a legend is because of his performances in the three-point, and part of the reason Michael Jordan's a legend, even though his wins in the dunk competition are a bit dodgy, his free-throw line dunk is one of the, probably the greatest dunk of all time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think they're trash, so we'll move on to Paul's opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I reckon you got to go on it and win it. Win it, it helps. I How many? So he can... Sure. How many um, three uh, dunk championships is equivalent to one NBA championship? Like three? Four? <laughs> no, it's not. No, no, no. It's not. Can I? This is where I think, and LeBron's came, come there with like winning a championship in Cleveland and stuff like that. But it's, it's where players like Kevin Durant and LeBron James are lacking. And it's just, and I mean, maybe I'm sounding like an old timer yelling at a cloud, but I think you'll I find. Think Kevin Durant yeah. actually won the uh, horse competition that they had. One <laughs> <year>. <laughs> but my, my, my weird take was going to be that like you create an image as a player, you become a legend through like things that maybe aren't always like Michael Jordan is kind of rarefied for wearing band shoes um, that became iconic, you know, and Nike paying the fines, like little parts of that make your story. And um, winning the dunk competition has for been for so many players like part of their legend, right? Dr. J, it's like one of his biggest accomplishments. Michael Jordan became Air Jordan in the dunk competition. Larry Bird became Larry Legend from his championships and playoff runs, but also from his three-point contest antics and shooting in his warm-up jacket. Like, I, I'm like, should a young player like Lucic, Luca do it, you know? Mm. I just want to go back on what I was saying before. Kevin Durant... Uh the NBA All-Star horse competition has only happened three times. <laughs> Kevin Durant won two of those. So, what a legend, a goat. Um, the other one was won by Paul Westphal of the Phoenix Suns in 1977 or 78. And then Kevin Durant won in 2009 and 2010, uh, beating Joe Johnson, OJ Mayo, and then the next year uh, Rondo and Omri Caspi. Here's, so, uh, here's a question which I think sums up how important the dunk competition is now, for example. Without looking it up, I bet you can't name me the last three winners of the NBA dunk competition. <laughs> okay, last year, it was definitely... Um, okay, w- w- you'll be surprised. Okay, so three years ago, it was not Aaron Gordon. He lost to the guy who now Zach plays Levine. for the Bulls. That was four Zach years Levine. ago. That was four years ago. Oh, damn it. So you got the three damn after it. that. Yeah, okay. So it's, that, it's the guy for... um. Who's the guy for the Heat who started off as just a dunker 
and is and now, now still a dunker. No, now he. I think he gets game time, and his name's like. Um, so he, he, here you go. Here's here's the last three, and, and in terms of their teams. So last year, OKC Thunder won it. The year before that, oh, the Utah Hamadou Jazz. Diallo. Cheek Diallo or Hamadou Diallo? Yeah, so you don't Diallo. even know his name. <laughs> Mr. Diallo won last year. Yeah. Before Although that, it was Utah John, Jazz. John Collins got um, got robbed for jumping over like a paper mache plane um, <laughs> and not getting all the way over it, breaking it quite badly. Um, okay, then, yeah, guy from the Heat. Nope. But Jazz. he was playing for the Suns at the time. Donovan Mitchell won the year before that. Okay. Yeah, and, and he's then, a legend. <laughs> and, and then Glenn Robertson the third. Andrew, oh, okay. in 2017. How dare you um, slap down my great take with your cold, hard dunk contest analytics that you're running here? What my, my point is, not that the dunk contest makes you a legend. My point is, is that what makes a player a legend is not cold, hard, true shooting percentage or, um, uh, like you, you know, like going in and winning championships like KD's doing, just methodically tra- traveling from super team to super team or LeBron and just collecting physical rings. It's about the moments along the way. And LeBron James does have a lot of these moments now. I'm not trying to crap on him. Like he's had some unbelievable seasons, some unbelievable finals performances, even just making the, the finals eight years in a row as part of his mythology. But these guys, these modern players, do kind of skimp out on that a little bit. Like Harden is going to be forgotten unless he wins championships, and the and it's a shame because he's a great player, but he's going to be forgotten because he plays basketball in such an awful way. And um and 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 Luca needs to think about not only and he's he's doing it already. It's not only the um uh, substance of what you do; it's also the style and like winning a three point competition in an arrogant way is a way you can become a legend. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by that adage, like, Dwight Howard's the greatest player of all time, right? No, no, because he, <laughs> A, he, he, he hasn't, he's not good enough, and B, he's, um, he's not, like, you know, players like Ginobili, for example, they get remembered way more fondly than they actually are because of the crazy stuff they do. You know, it's dunking on the Miami Heat in the finals when he's, like, 47 years old. It's Killing punching a bat. a bat out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, just, like, the way he plays is why he is... Uh, a legend and remembered forever and Ginobili will be remembered better than James Harden and James Harden is a much better player than Ginobili you know I rest my case mm-hmm okay um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I I'll, I'll come back to this but I wanted to dive into a little bit more of Andrew now because you, 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 you've always been a bit of a cold-hearted analytics freak who shoots down my great ideas and part of the reason is your journey through basketball is a little bit weird like, I heard a rumor that you got into basketball in the first place as an adult watching a Breakers game where they made a half-court shot to win to win the game or something like that. Phil Jones from from half-court. What? The Reefton kid? <laughs> the Reefton kid. Yeah, I mean, I was I was probably like a... what? I mean, I played basketball my whole life. Um, but as in terms of like a crazy basketball fan, yeah, probably started at like 21, 22 years old. Yeah. Yeah, which I guess is so- quite late. I mean, I watched the NBA and stuff when I was a kid, but not, not like at the level I do now. So, so what you? Oh, wow! And you're watching it at such a high level now. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like I'm watching multiple games a week. Back when I was a kid, like you'd get one on a videotape, you know, once a month mm. or something if you're lucky. So, was it a Phil Jones three point, like a long halfway shot that shot that got you into it though? Yeah, 
Yeah, I went to a Breakers game at the North Shore Event Centre back when there was like 30 people attending those games. <laughs> I can't even remember why I went. Um, and then I saw that and I thought, yeah, this is probably something I could get into. This is quite exciting. Wow. <laughs> and then do you think you have a heart as a basketball fan or are you just someone that just loves cold, hard numbers? Uh, I So my fandom really is in the Australian league. Like I have, I, I'm quite passionate about that. In terms of the NBA, like I, I love the Denver Nuggets, but I'll watch the NBA more with an analytical mindset, I guess. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, in terms of having a heart, like I'd like to support teams that I actually get to see with my own two eyes every so often. So that's why I'm big on the Australian league because it's like a yeah. tangible thing for me. Are you going to give us a um, AMBL corner or a Nuggets um, segment this week? Uh, I can do, yeah. It's been a good week. Uh, for the Nuggets, actually. Really good week. What are we going to call a Nuggets segment? Paul, you hear this? There's going to be a rival segment to uh, uh, Magic Mayhem. I hear it and I don't like it. <laughs> what should we call it? Fields of Gold? Nugs of Nuggets? Nuggets of Gold? Nuggets of Gold? Yeah, okay. No. Nuggets, nuggets is a bad name for a team, I reckon. I'm just going to come out and say it now. Um, This is a bad start to... Nuggets Corner or whatever we're going to call it. <laughs> we can't call it Nuggets Corner. Well, his Paul segment's called Magic Mayhem. It's it's it, there's mayhem happening. You've got to get a better name than Nuggets Corner. Well, I think the whole the the thing nuggets with of gold is pretty good. The thing with Magic Mayhem is Nuggets it's, Combo. This is the only podcast that covers the magic. Whereas, like the the Nuggets That's now get true. get a bit of you know they're they're all over the place now. The magic, Shots fired. A, multiple Magic podcasts. I'll have you know. Do you listen to any of them? Nah, I don't listen to any podcasts. <laughs> Except for this Paul's, one. I listen to it Paul's a lot. Paul's not a nerd. Um, okay, so I wanted to talk briefly about the review system. Does anyone else... Uh, people aren't talking about it really, but does anyone else just think it's, like, infuriating? The I new review it. system in, in well, the last two minutes of the NBA weird. game? It's weird... Uh, times i feel like there's been times where they've gotten it wrong it's been reviewed and then they've just stuck to their guns yeah uh, like there was one the other day i think paul george drove in maybe against the celtics and uh pushed the defender away and then got pushed and they called a foul and uh they reviewed it and the commentators were like yeah this is going to get reversed clear push off and then they were like just stuck to their guns and everyone was like what and then it was like that ruined the game but, um, yeah, unbelievable. The other thing yeah. I will say is coaches, I find it crazy that coaches use them any time that's like not in the clutch almost. Because the yeah. thing is, like Steve Clifford used one the other day, like in like the first or second quarter, <laughs> and he got it right. They reversed the yeah. call. But the thing is, you still lose it, which seems crazy to me. Yeah. Like, if you get it right, it's like, okay, yeah, you caught us. But you're not going to catch us again. Um, <laughs> and so, like, he got it right. But then, like, if we'd needed it, like, in a more crucial part of the game, like, it was gone, even though we did nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, but then uh, the other thing I was going to say was it's funny because you can now really um, track with the – I mean, I don't know if there's anywhere online that has the statistics of coaches. But, like, last year I had a theory that the Raptors were one of the worst teams for – just complaining at every call and um even when they were in my mind very in the wrong like they'd do a hard foul and they'd be like what it wasn't a foul like mark gasol lowry and nick nurse i thought were the three worst guys in the league and then sure enough to start the season nick nurse went like several games keep getting the challenges wrong 
And so it, yeah. it is. Someone should really tally it because it um it really shows the coaches who uh, <laughs> do not have okay. a grasp on the rules of basketball. Paul, I reckon you were nailing that. I love that. Um, I love that take. Um, okay, you caught us out, but you won't catch us out again. Um, that I thought that was really good, and then you ruined it by that take of um doing analytics of the um coaches' challenges. Andrew, do you reckon, as an analytics expert, do you reckon that's a good thing to take um, the stats of? I was actually the other way around. I thought it started off really bad, and then when he got into the analytics of coaching challenges, I thought, oh, here we go. Now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think of the challenge system, Andrew? I, I don't like it. Like my, my big issue with the NBA is it's already too slow in the last few minutes of the game. Like All the oh my life gosh. gets sucked out of it. And so, like, there's so many timeouts and so much stoppage, and now they're just adding extras onto that. And it just like it makes it so hard, like in a close game when there's just it's time out after time out, and the players don't get to decide outcomes of games as like they used to. I mean, the NBA yeah. refs are generally pretty good, um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I get it. it; it makes a makes the game correct, I guess. Although, like you're saying, it's not always perfect, even when they do review it. For five no, no. Minutes. So Paul, so Paul had a good point where he said that um, there's been a number of high-profile incidences in the last two weeks where the refs have got the call clearly wrong. The commentators have been like, this is a wrong call. They should challenge this. They challenge it. The refs watch it and stick to their guns. Yeah, and so okay, that happened Occasionally, this is the same problem they have in football. Occasionally, it's because the refs know more about the um, rules than the, um, the commentators and the punters on Twitter. And the, and the, and the issue is that um, the refs, uh, the, there's actually a small... Like, the refs are actually technically right because the rule is very ambiguous or something like that. But I will say this, that I think there is an element of the refs stuffing it up and then not wanting to overturn, like, being embarrassed they've stuffed it up, so not wanting to overturn themselves, which is why I think there should be a, a challenge ref, like the guy, well, I'm just to Caucus, New Jersey, like a guy in Secaucus mm. in a booth whose only job is to check overturned and challenges, and then that guy will have no problem with overturning the call because he won't feel connected to the call in the first place. Oh, it's so boring, though. Like We were just talking before about James Harden making the game boring, and this is just yeah. adding on to that no, as but well. That's- that's why they need to go to Secaucus or whatever, because um, a guy that's there just watching every call anyway and, and knows how to use the technology and already has the headphones on, because it takes him 10 seconds just to get the headphones around the right way. Like, it'd just be faster if this guy was just doing it in a booth somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I guess you got to get it right. I, uh, you don't, I don't no, you don't. You don't have to. And, and the, the problem is the calls, are, they're, they're taking a long time and the calls are still wrong. It's also weird how the, the refs can challenge it in the last two minutes and the coaches can challenge it. So the coaches are waiting for the refs to challenge it and the refs are waiting to get... It's, the whole thing just needs to be cleaned up. I'm not saying it's a major problem, but it is um, annoying. Um, back to basketball talk now. Um, did anyone see Westbrook check, chuck up the game winner um, yesterday uh, against the Clippers? Um, mm. we're shooting, he's shooting threes at 20% and he's still chucking them up there. I saw the response when Patrick Beverly was mocking him and then uh, Westbrook was yelling that Patrick Beverly was trash. Yeah. Uh, that was all I saw. So the funniest duel is Westbrook versus Beverly because they're the two worst high-volume three-point shooters in the league and they both think the other one's a terrible three-point shooter when the answer is they're both awful and they both deserve each other in the hellhole of basketball that they're stuck in. Um, that's not true. The Clippers will probably win this year. But, um, yeah, Westbrook, 
I must say that I hate, have hated Westbrook pretty much his whole career, hated his triple do- double record and all that. But this year, I got on the bandwagon of three hated players because I want to see them succeed. I want to see Westbrook succeed. I want to see Ben Simmons succeed. And I want to see Kyrie Irving succeed. And all of them, since I've been on their bandwagon, have punched me in the face because they're, they're all just like falling into the critics' hands and it guts me. Ben Simmons had his first three this week. Yeah, but he still sucks. Um, on, on Westbrook, he's a, I knew we were going to talk about this, and so I was doing a little bit of looking around at his numbers, and I agree he's pretty hated. I used to, I, I, I kind of went through one season, I think, where I really liked him, and it was, that was like that last year where Harden was there when they were um, in the playoffs and stuff, and I thought that was a really good year for OKC. He was likable back then, I thought. But yeah, yeah. since then, he's, it's been a real battle trying to like Russell Westbrook. But he's, I was looking through his numbers and it's his free throw percentage is a really weird one. And it's dropped. I don't know if you guys actually want to talk about analytics or not. But it's no, dro- do it, man. Let's do some analytics. Let's do it. The last three seasons, after sitting around like 78 to 82% his whole career, which is fine, pretty good, um, it's dropped like 73% down to 66% last season and it's at 71% this year. So it's real rare to see a player's free throw percentage drop like that. Um, after, yeah. after being like pretty good for his whole career, and I don't really know what that means, but um, yeah, it's, it, especially in Houston where he's going to be shooting a lot of free throws or trying to get to the line a lot more. Mm. It's weird that he's that he's Mark getting Al bad Fultz's at it. Update on his free throws: eighty-two percent on the year so far. Wow. So, yeah. But it uh, may him coming in there. Um, it's just crazy sorry. to see him chucking up chucking up constant threes. He's shooting threes at twenty-three percent. Yeah, so that's That's um, 94% of players at his position are better than him at at that. (laughs) It's crazy. Who are the 6%? Yeah, good question. I actually don't have that. Um, Oh, wow. Oh, look at the advanced analytics nerd. Falling over yet again. Your numbers can't save you now, mate. We're in the eye test all over it. And I'll tell you what, I've been trying to defend Kyrie Irving all year that he's a cancer. And I've been trying to say he's not that bad. He's going to be fine. But then the, the, the Nets, who last year had one of the seemingly the best cultures in the NBA, are already looking a little bit dodgy. And, I mean, the thing that's changed is Kyrie, right? Yeah. I was, I've always been pro him being a massive cancer and a weird guy. But um, I, I actually, speaking of the eye test, I went to another Nets game this week on Wednesday. It was a huge matchup between the Nets without Kyrie, KD, or Karis LeVert against the Charlotte Hornets, uh, who I have two guys on my fantasy team playing for, and I think that they were the worst basketball team I've ever seen in person. They were unbelievable. <laughs> like I kind of thought like I had them as winning that game against that Nets team, like a Spencer Dinwiddie-led Nets team with like yeah. Garrett Temple was starting, um, and they just didn't look like it at all. They had nothing going on. They would just drive in and just throw up brick, like brick floaters. They just had turns doing that, like no <laughs> offense, and then they'd just drive in and just chuck up like a brick floater. It was unbelievable. Is that their fault, though? Like they've got a bunch of role players as a starting lineup and none of them are like famous for their offensive ability well, like my guy yeah. Devonte graham i was like he's gonna drop 40 and then uh he scored 17 in the end 
but um he uh he would like occasionally hit a three and then run down the court like hitting his head or like celebrating and i was like man like what are you doing like you're losing you're just cruising to like a bad loss and like it's on you man i don't know and then um, Ben Simmons last year, he, he got hit. It's, it's just interesting how these players aren't, and good on them for not listening to the haters, but last year, right, um, there was a famous feud, a ridiculous feud between Philadelphia and um, the Nets, where um, it was, who was it? Who's that guy who plays for the Lakers now? He's got a ridiculous name, Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley <laughs> is such a, fu- such a funny name, right? Like, it just sounds like a character from a cartoon. Yeah, like from Harry um, Potter or something. Yeah, yeah, and he'd, he'd be in Hufflepuff, right? Gerald D- Dudley was heckling um, Ben Simmons, saying, you're useless in the half court, you're just a fast-breaking defensive specialist, first-round pick, number one pick, and so far Simmons is, like, proving that correct. Um, guts me. Although I'd even argue this year he doesn't seem as locked in on defense as he has in previous years. It's so disappointing, right? And it's like, surely you'd hear the critics. Like, Westbrook addresses the critics. He's like, um, Peel said I didn't pass and I led the league in, in assists. Um, I, I, Peel said I didn't play defense and I led the league in steals, which, as Andrew proved last week, is not necessarily true that you're good at defense. But, like, Westbrook at least knows that he's got to get better at shooting, whereas Simmons and Kyrie, it's like they don't have any... They've just got no self-awareness. Well, Ben Simmons is, like, the ultimate um, anti you know, all-star game guy that you're talking about before, right? Like his personality and the, all the off-court stuff is just not there at all for him. And in terms of having all those kind of intangible things that you were talking about, it, he's not really doing himself any favors with that stuff either. Yeah. He's like, I, who he, is he? He's just like, he's just like a, you know, zombie walking around out there. Okay, we're going to play... I keep getting yeah. an ad. Speaking of like just the personality thing, I keep getting an ad for, I think maybe some like beats by dre in the ear headphones and it's just this it's kind of a cool ad like i don't know how they've shot it but it's almost <laughs> like the camera's like attached to the player so like every time they move the camera's like moving like in unison with them and there's like a few players there's harden anthony davis draymond green um and then maybe ben simmons and uh, and there's like a travis scott song playing and it's just that it's just a few shots of them but I was looking at it and I was thinking how, because um, I've seen it so much, but just like Draymond shines in the ad as just like having a bit of personality. They don't say yeah. anything. They're literally just there working out. And But, you know, Draymond like does like a yell and like, you know, moves his head around a bit. And um, just in terms of charisma, it's, it's evidenced right there in the ad. Okay. Well, I want to play a new game here which is called, um, and I realize this is not a socially acceptable thing to do, but let's just hope the players don't listen to this excellent basketball podcast. It's called, Is Such and Such Dumb? All right? And I'm going to throw it out there right now. Is Ben Simmons dumb? Yes. Yeah, he is. Is Kwai dumb? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I would say he is as well. I love Kawhi, and I think he's a basketball genius. I love the way he plays on court, and I like that. Like while his, while he does, you're right. He doesn't have the the off court chops. He has a weird personality, which is his off, like, you know, fun guy. He, he it is it is an off court style, but it just I'm getting kind of sick. Maybe it's because he's not on my team anymore. But I'm kind of getting sick of him answering questions where they go, um, talk about that dunk you got at the end of the game there, big game. 
exciting moment against the Celtics, possible, you know, f- finals uh, matchup. You, du- you dunked on a guy. Um, tell, talk us through that dunk. And he says, what do you want me to say? Patrick threw the, me the ball. I took two dribbles into the paint, tried to jump high and dunk the basketball. And what, what do you mean? What, Kawhi, you know how this works. Journalism is sometimes about capturing the essence of the game, and everyone wants to know what was going through your head when you do this amazing thing at the end of an exciting game. I'm with and it's him just on weird this. how he doesn't understand that. No, I'm with him. Like, what's a good answer to that? Um, say, um, uh, yeah, I threw it down on that mother effer. Like, you know, get a bit of cagey <laughs> swagger, or 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 pull out of it and go, hey, he's a hell of a player, and I got him that time, and I'll be mocking him on social media after this or something i don't know some some like, guys just have that and some guys don't right and like that kind of charisma and personality like look at like most new zealand athletes like that's so bad at doing that kind of stuff and that's partly because they just not they don't like bigging themselves up in the media and talking about how good they are and stuff and maybe new zealand's just, di- yeah new, the, new zealand's a different culture yeah and Kawhi kind of i think Kawhi would be a great like Kiwi, <laughs> he's just yeah. Like, won't, refuses to talk about himself. Never says anything like that. He does anything good and just kind of shies away from the media altogether. So, mm. so Paul, to answer your question, I just want to know what he's feeling. And I mean, I know for me, I'd be like, "Wow, I feel amazing," and I was trying to contain my smile because it was such an amazing moment because me and my team won the game. But also, I pulled off this great play that was going to be on the TV. I wouldn't say it like that, but you know, like I would like to express my joy. Right, that's me. But for Kwai, he's obviously a different sort of player and he also does it all the time, unlike me. He's had a lot of amazing moments in his career already. And if that is the case, if he, if he does that and feels nothing like a basketball uh, mercenary psychopath, then um, I want to hear that too. Like, tell me, I feel nothing. I'm a basketball player. Two points is two points. I'd love to hear that as well. I feel like that's what he said, just in his own words. No, he just like literally, it's like he's mocking the media by just saying, like, um, I, I dribbled the ball towards the basket. Yeah. Well, just, yeah, yeah, just tell us how you feel. Greg Popovich School of Media Studies, right? Yeah, yeah. that's true. I don't know. Um, okay, keep playing the game. I, I, I actually I actually had more players. I've, I've lost my list of players I wanted to run through this. Um, uh, Patrick Beverly. Smart. I, th- I don't think he's dumb. You don't? You don't rec- he, he looks like an idiot on the court, doesn't he not? No, I think Patrick Beverly is a really smart player. You, 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 honestly, that's interesting because I assumed he was kind of like just all, all, um, all heart. You think he's a, def- a, a smart defensive player as well? Yeah, I think to be that guy, and you're not just out there trying to score points. And he, he reads the games really well. He understands the importance of certain positions. I, 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 I think he's good. Like defense first players are generally, I would put them in the smarter category. Paul like Patrick felt. Beverly, smart or yeah. dumb? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say smart but crazy. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, Russell Russell Westbrook. <laughs> oh, I've divided people here. I uh, I don't like him. I'm gonna say not smart. Uh, I I think he's smart, but I don't think he's got like. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't have that kind of in-game conscience, right? Like, he just... Everyone puts him down as smart, but that's just because he's a really nice guy and a great guy off-court. But, like, you know, like apparently, like, you know, his work in charity and stuff like that, and people who know him when he's not playing basketball or not talking to the media say he's great. 
but like a lot of dumb people can be that too like just because you're dumb doesn't mean you're not a great person you know a lot of his in-game stuff makes me think he's not smart but yeah he's super confident so yes Nikola Jokic <laughs> I'm gonna say dumb uh, here we I'm, go Andrew it's time mate for Nuggets Nitro <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say smart possibly the Do smartest you actually- game, uh, player in the league so, well, you paused a lot when I said that, though. Well, I didn't want to be the so first. Shocked. I didn't want to like jump in with my um, ebullient answer and just like go crazy. I just thought I'd uh, hold back and let Paul go first. You reckon he's the smartest player in the league? If he's the smartest player in the league, why can't he do some basic conditioning so he's up to up to spec at the start of the season? Because he, he knows he's smart enough to know he doesn't need to. He's smart enough to know it's an eighty-two <laughs> game season. Bullcrap. And, and they're still going to start, what, like, whatever their record is, second in the West. Uh, and he may as well just enjoy his, whatever he's he doing. He looks like an idiot. Like, when he's out there, like, physically, just like his face, he has, you know how people say someone's got bitchy resting face? He has idiot resting face, like, because his mouth is a bit open and his eyes are kind of, like, a little bit dead sometimes. I mean, the um, question you like, asked me was, is he smart, not does he look handsome? <laughs> okay well okay first question does he look handsome <laughs> no he's not the best looking guy in the world <laughs> you should have said yes to that and then um and then does and and, and so you think he's smart because he's because he's got a high i guess we're asking as well because Kawhi is clearly like a basketball genius right like he's very smart on the court but like we're asking like kind of like off court if they're switched on or not right right um in that case i'd put him in the Kawhi Kawhi category so basketball genius, but off court, who knows? Yeah, I mean, he watches a lot of cartoons, loves Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> so. He is young though. Like, how old is he? I don't know, like 22, 23, is he? Mate, he you're you're like thirty, and you're playing Fortnite. Yeah, it's not, we don't need to go into that. I don't have the future ahead of me that Nikola Jokic has. He's twenty four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's way younger than I thought. Yeah, the whole nugget. Like, he's looking really bad. <laughs> Okay, so we're not, we're not, it's, it's quite interesting though, and because I mean, I got called out last week, um, I was talking about how weird it is some players' obsession with their shoes, and spending out, wasting hours of the day, um, like buying um, old Kobe's and stuff like that, when in reality you're a millionaire professional basketball player, you should be getting paid to wear shoes, not paying someone else, um, and, and Paul pointed out that I enjoy collecting stuff as well, although I don't have an obsession like those guys, they're mental, and it's just interesting how I do hold athletes and i think we maybe hold Jokic as well or or any of these players we're talking about to like a different standard as if they're different and if anything they 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 can afford to be more moronic than the rest of us because all they have to do is the sport and what they do outside of that is you know their prerogative you know so part of this comes into the luca discussion as well and why he was so undervalued coming into the league and why he wasn't the like unanimous number one draft pick um and it's 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 like body image stuff and it's like the it's almost like ethnic ethnically stereotyping these guys that like come from that part of the world like they don't look like the american basketball players they're not cut and chiseled like they're coming out of the ncaa and stuff these guys Mm. come out looking different and so people kind of think oh these guys you know they're heavy they're thick they're not going to be able to run fast and that like makes them bad basketball players and it's it's like no, no, no. When they say they're heavy, they're that. thick, they're not going to be able to run fast. They are accurate with that statement. Well, yeah, but that's the whole fast. criticism against Luca as well. Like, he's not Russell Westbrook. He's not James Harden. He can't move like those guys. 
because he's bigger. Mm. But that doesn't mean yeah. he's like a terrible basketball player. It just means he's got a different skill set, which is no. Cool. I'm not saying they're terrible. I'm just I'm just asking. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. If they're if they're dumb, and I'm not saying Jokic is uh, is terrible, although he is an interesting um, he is an interesting case this year. And um, yeah, I mean maybe next week we can do who the smarter players in the NBA are because I that's mm. always an interesting one as well because like while well, Chris Paul. Oh, okay, well, okay. Let, let's hear who, who's Paul's big brains of the NBA. Let's hear Patrick Paul. Patterson. What? Patrick Patterson. <laughs> what? What's smart about? I I, I forgot oh. that guy was even in the NBA. Who's he play for the Clippers? Yeah, I don't know. I just remember a few years ago he wrote an article about um why they shouldn't make Space Jam two, and I remember thinking <laughs> it seemed good. Yeah, uh, who else is smart? I think That's LeBron James is smart. I disagree. LeBron James is kind of a freak, eh? Like, um, the way he has held his life together, and even though he's like the kind of the Justin Bieber of basketball, the way he's been analysed and followed is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, but we can talk about that another time, because it's time, right about that time, for the stars to roll on out. The story this week for the Magic is uh, a story no one likes to read. Injuries. We had a, a game against the Washington Wizards where Michael Carter-Williams left injured uh, point guard uh, then, well, guard, I guess. Then uh, shortly after, DJ Augustine went down injured and had to get his like hand, fingers put back into their sockets or something. And then the very next game after that, we got out a narrow win against the Wizards, who are one of the craziest basketball teams I've ever seen. Like They play zero defense, and it's weird because they put up heaps on offense. It's like... All you've got to do is play like a tiny bit of defense and you will not be a terrible team. Um, But the Magic came out narrowly with a win. And uh, then the next game we played the... I've forgotten. We played the Raptors. And we had Aaron Gordon leave injured and then Nick Vucevic leave injured. And man, it was tough to come back from that. I've... I've heard a lot about Vucevic's injury, and apparently he's out for four weeks, which is a, a devastating punch in the face for the Magic's um, uh, offense. But Gordon, I haven't heard anything about him. How injured is he? Uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think very. Uh, he's been diagnosed with a bruised right ankle. I don't know why he left the game to begin with. Oh, you um, say he's soft? Nah, I'm not saying that. But um, Vucevic, where did you read four weeks? I didn't read that. 
Uh, I didn't. I didn't read it. I uh, I was mentioned on the uh, on a rival podcast. Oh, okay. which I will not mention. He's being reevaluated in seven to ten days. I guess that doesn't sound that great. Um, but uh, yeah, that could hurt us pretty bad because scoring is something we really need. And he was literally our main scorer. The um, um, the good news is you're in the Eastern Conference and you're competing with the Atlanta Hawks for their eighth seed. So. Living a vida loca. Uh, what? I don't think that means what you think it means. It's like living the world, living the life crazy or something. Yeah, and that's what the magic are doing. That's why it's called magic mayhem. They're living the life crazy. Um, but player of the week, I will give to the injured Nick Vucevic to, to help uh, with his pain. Uh, as in the Washington <laughs> game, he did have 30 points, uh, 17 rebounds, 6 assists, and a block. Pretty monster stat line, shooting seventy eight percent from the field. Um, okay. So shout out to him. Uh, yeah, he was playing really well before the injury, so it's a real shame. And so let uh, me drop a let me drop a bombshell on you, Paul. Did you see the tweet today from Adrian Wojnarowski reporting with Zach Lowe that the NBA is in serious discussions with the Players Association broadcast par- partners? In dramatic changes to the league calendar, including reseeding of conference finals and an in-season um, tournament and uh, postseason play-in, and this would basically be a rule seemed aimed at getting the magic out of the playoffs. It's a, it's a travesty. I mean, this is the first I'm hearing about it, but um, no, they can't do it. Getting rid of the Eastern Conference would basically screw the, this year's iteration of the Magic, who look like they can still make the playoffs regardless of um, injuries and how bad they are just because there's so many trash teams below them. Um, That's not what they're saying, though, right? They're not saying getting rid of the conferences. I've, 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 come, in, I've come in hot. Yeah, because um, they wouldn't call it... They wouldn't word it like that. Have you read the, have you read the article? I read half of it, and then we had to start this podcast. Okay, this is the quote from the article. It says, The reseeding of teams in the semi-final round, based on regular season record, would give the NBA Championship Series that includes uh, its best two teams. Okay, so it would, not, it would not get rid of conferences. It would just get rid of conferences for the semi-finals and finals. Hmm. So, so it means you could have a Lakers-Clippers finals. Yeah, right. Good news for the Magic, they're still alive. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I like it. I, I especially like the, um, the in-season tournament, and, and, and I really like, I think that post-season play-in thing was like a Bill Simmons thing he's been harping on about for a long time. Do you, really. I, I don't really, I didn't understand, what's, that was a bit, I didn't understand, what do they mean tournament? by that? Yeah. Uh, the in-season tournament? Yeah. Mm. It's like like what they do in like um, Spain and stuff, where they have the, what's it called, like the... What well, like a it, mini it's like a, yeah it's like a mid-season tournament where they you compete and like the winning team gets a million bucks or something and it's like like they're actually doing it in the New Zealand league this season where they're having like halfway through the season they take a weekend and every team enters a three-on-three competition and you and you send your three best players or four best players and you have a competition there's like a big prize pool and then the rest of the season wow. carries on after mm. that which is quite cool and it adds to yeah like, I'm into it because especially when you got an 82 game season like to have something like that to look forward to which isn't like the all-star game which is an absolutely punishing event to watch um mm. yeah I, I i think it's cool and then the the eight, like it. this eight seed plan it's something like that isn't it isn't that what they said they should they should make it um ran Furley shield style cup as well yeah i like that that's and actually a really good idea for for americans 
who don't know what the Ramfley Shield is, it's a it's a it's a plate or a, um, a big log of wood. They literally call it What's the log a shield? of wood that you hold. That you hold, yeah, that's that's a better way of describing it. Thank you, Paul. The Ramfley Shield is a shield, and um, you you pass it. Um, Round one team holds it, and if they get, they have to defend it at home. And if they get beaten, then you take the shield off the team. Yes. It's just an extra bit of pride, and like it's quite cool. It's prestigious. Um, and as a kid, it was like the main thing I cared about. I was like the Ranfurly Shield. I just think they have to get rid of conferences, and I guess no. you can't get rid of conferences because the Eastern Conference teams won't agree to it. But we we have to start punishing teams for being shit and the eastern conference the whole conference needs to be punished for being ass and um on that note and to people like oh what about um what about uh uh player resting and stuff like that load management it's a disaster like um what if the phoenix suns fans don't get to see lebron james play the phoenix suns fans don't deserve to see lebron james play it should be punishment on these on these teams for sucking every year like imagine if every player who's good, rested when they played the Knicks because the Knicks are so bad that they don't need to come to Madison Square Garden and play. That would put real pressure on James Dolan to make the team better and put pressure on the Knicks fans to try and get rid of James Dolan, you know? Hmm. I mean, you're picking on the Phoenix Suns there. They're the eighth seed in the West at the moment. Oh, yeah. Well, they're going down, aren't they? (laughs) It was a good example. The Phoenix Suns being good is an aberration, not a rule, and they'll be back to the shit heap before long and it's not the phoenix suns fans fault or the phoenix suns players fault it's the terrible ownership's fault and they deserve to be punished i reckon so i think generally your argument's pretty sound but this season i think the the eastern conference is a lot better like at least most uh, you know a decent chunk of the teams in the east are a lot better than people thought and there's a lot of teams in the west that are a lot worse than people thought like look at the standings at the moment the phoenix suns are in eighth and like you said they're trash and they're still in the eighth seed sacramento's terrible Pelicans are pretty bad. Grizzlies are horrible. Trailblazers, Spurs, Warriors. Like, the Timberwolves are in the seventh seed. Yeah. So, so the there's weird a lot thing of bad teams in the West as well. Yeah, mm. so the weird thing that's happened is that there's about five teams that were supposed to be competing in the East who have just fallen off a cliff. Uh, Warriors, obviously. Um, Spurs, Trailblazers. Like, Trailblazers kind of injury. Spurs, I don't know what's going on there. But... Um, yeah, I, I still think that ship will probably ride itself, but a, a little bit. Like, the predictions can't be that, that, this far off. But you're right, that um, the, the Heat, there's one there's one more good team in the East than we predicted, um, and then the West is, is slightly worse than we thought. But um, still, I, I still think that'll ride itself a little bit. And um, yeah, if you look at the Trailblazers, they will, they will, they will move up, I think, from 13th. Not because of Carmelo, just because of players coming back from injury and stuff like that hmm. i'm not so sure about them this year unless they get kevin love which they probably won't now that they got carmelo in there the spurs Who, after a great start have lost eight in a row how crazy is that it's crazy for the spurs i can't even remember the last time they went on a streak like that mm. unbelievable they'll come right anyway. and they'll win a championship in the next three years <laughs> <laughs> good on you doubling down paul um has magic mayhem finished any other um parts of the oh, mayhem that have been coming out this week to, you hijacked it to um speak blasphemy about the eastern conference yes, or as i call it conference. the beastern conference <laughs> um uh anything else about the magic this week let me think uh i can't really think to be honest it feels like two days ago that we recorded the last episode like i feel like they haven't played many times this past week 
Mate, uh, you've got so much magic content coming at you. What's going on on their Instagram accounts? Like, there's tonight. all sorts of stuff happening there. Um, oh, not a lot happening on the Instagram account, I don't think. Paul, I don't, st- I don't want to... St- I don't want to stress you out, but um, uh, you're under a bit of pressure here because Magic Mayhem now has a, um, uh, a competing segment. Let me sing the intro theme. Do you remember him? I've been other skies. You remember me when the west wind moves upon the fields of Bali. Beyond the fields of Bali. You forget the sun in his jealous sky. Do you remember? I started this too early. Me, Irvin and the skies as we walked in fields of gold. That's really good. Three-game winning streak over at Nuggets Nation. <laughs> the Nuggets Nation, is, is that actually what they're called? Uh, I don't know. I think that's what they call themselves. I actually mean four-game winning streak. I love hating on the Nuggets, and they've got to be like one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now because the, the good teams aren't as good as we thought, and they've got to be like you've got to put them in the mixer as a, you know, a contender a little bit, right? I've had them in that mixer for three seasons now, guys, so welcome to the mixer. Yeah, like as a non-fan, like they're looking, they're looking good, and it, it, I don't think it's because they've gotten better. I think it's because the the ceiling with the um, Warriors falling off has gotten worse. But um, yeah, they're looking good. Yeah, that's. I should have known you'd lump it down to not them getting better, but the rest of the league getting worse. Whereas, in oh, fact, are they, they getting better? better? I thought they... of course they've got better. You reckon? Yeah, they. I mean, just in the last couple of days, they've beaten Houston and Boston. Um, yeah. And and they were up by on like 20 points, 19 points on Boston yesterday, thumping them. And yeah, Kemba Walker got injured and that might have been a factor. Um, did you see that? Did you see that injury? I didn't want to watch the clip. I looked away because I it, was scared. No, there was nothing gruesome about it. Like I was watching, I've watched it a few times and thought that it doesn't look that bad. He just kind of ran Kimba? head. Yeah, he ran head first yeah. into, who was it, Ojale or... I agreed. I, I, I was getting tweets and stuff saying, and I was like, oh, no. And then I watched it. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. But, so um, um, so rumor is it's just a concussion, so he should be fine. But it, it, going off mm. on a stretch is always scary for any player, and better be safe than sorry with the neck and head, you know? Well, he went off on two stretches. They stretched him onto a stretcher, and then they rolled him off on the second <laughs> stretcher. And as they were leaving the court, like the guy doing the stretcher tripped and fell and I thought oh man this is going to be a disaster but luckily they didn't <laughs> they need another stretcher for the guy who does the, does the first stretcher yeah uh, yeah so it's a good time to be a member of Nuggets Nation that's for sure I'm going to come out with a very mild take and that is the Nuggets have the best of the City Edition NBA uniforms uh, this year oh, what is this horrible do you not like them I, I don't mind the Nuggets one but I just hate the City Edition things altogether nike is trashing the nba and that's why i'm saying it is it's a it's a mild take the nuggets have done their um rainbow uniform which i think is really good oh, they did yeah, it white last that. year but they've done it in black i wish it was in dark blue but i'll take black um designers know more than me obviously about design is it um, black or is it dark blue it looks dark it's blue black. No, it's black okay um uh yeah but it's 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 the cream of the crap because let's be honest the other um city edition uniforms are shocking the worst example being the um uh Mavs. what'd you say grizzlies ones are fire i haven't even seen them they're the only oh, they're team just... without one right 
Oh, okay. Okay. I'm looking at a list now, and it's just like got a, a photo of those retro um, Vancouver blue ones. Yeah, they haven't released one yet. It probably will um, be the um, Vancouver one. But is it going to say Vancouver on it? Like, that's pretty confusing. No, it'll I think say it says Grizzlies, Grizzlies right? Yeah. That, that's messed up. Like, like. Um, oh, I, quite, I don't mind the Bucks um, cream. That's the, so bad. Uh, cream City. Cr- yeah, creamy, man. The only cream- team. <laughs> In the league with class is the Portland Trailblazers. Everyone else is yeah. just throwing the kitchen sink at these horrible, colourful designs. <laughs> so, so um, Cream City is just cream's not a word that anyone wants to wear on a jersey. It's like if the if the um, what's a city that has a lot of rain? It's like if Chicago wrote um, Moistville or something. Like, <laughs> you just don't use that word. Like it's horrific. Um, the Mavs, though, we've got to talk about that. I was just um, about Paul, to say have you that. seen the Mavs uniforms? Oh my goodness! I just scrolled to it that second. Wow, the fresh prints. It looks right? like. Yeah, good point. It is fresh prints, but like fresh prints on? is cool. It's based on the fresh prints of Bellier, isn't it? But why <laughs> that has anything to do with Dallas? I don't know. Okay, usually there's so, not meant to be a story behind it. Because Luke so, turned up to the game wearing all the fresh prints gear yesterday, which is why I've put that together. Maybe it, maybe it's not based on that, but. It seems like a That's weird so thing to be associated with if you're in Dallas. And Fresh Prince is cool, but they have not encapsulated the Fresh Prince in this jersey. It's For people who haven't seen it, it's a gradient jersey, which normally backfires unless it's the Utah jersey, which is amazing. It goes from dark blue shorts up to light blue at the top. The accent color is highlighted green, and the, um, the font is Mavs, just the word Mavs, not Mavericks, written in like... Um, 90s graffiti font which i guess is fresh prints but it just looks absolutely appalling and you'll notice even the sponsor hasn't wanted to put their logo on that on that jersey but the the mavericks have a history of like shocking alternative uniforms don't they yeah like they good had point. Uh, they've had that bright green one they had one that was like silver metallic silver like i think at one at some stage we've got to start looking at mark cuban as being like a potential like p diddy designed one but we've got to start looking at mark cuban as a potential like Problem. culprit here yeah now Do boston th- is ov- obviously always a, um a trouble one because they're so historic and their uniform so legendary but their gold one with old school writing and a golden general electric logo is uh pathetic yeah really awful i just um, think that font is really bad like for me the green yeah it looks like know. some terrible Irish pub. Yeah, uh, Irish pub. Social for sure. team <laughs> from like New North Road or something. And the other the other team I've got to call out is um, the Brooklyn Nets, who famously had one of the most carefully cultivated brands, have gone off the deep end with their biggie colours, which everyone likes, but then they're doing um they're doing Bedsty, which is a suburb of a suburb, because Brooklyn's already a suburb of New York. I don't know. Or Brooklyn's a borough. I don't know. But um, the bed style, it's just these graffiti fonts really take me back to the bad days of 2002 where you're trying to be NBA Street Volume 3 and it's, it's, it's pretty embarrassing to say the least. What, how's Fields of Gold going, Andrew? Your first ever um, Nuggets segment, you enjoying it? Um, it's like much like Magic Mayhem, I feel like it got hijacked um, oh, pretty sorry, early man. on. No, sorry, no, no, man. <laughs> Go bring it back, hijacks, bring it man. back. So, I mean, look, here's my, here's my only take. Nuggets are on a four-game winning streak, and they, their next opponents are the Phoenix Suns, the Washington Wizards, and the Sacramento Kings. So there's a really good chance this time next week when we're doing the podcast, I'll be celebrating a seven-game winning streak. Wow. Okay. Well, 
good luck to the Nuggets. And I, I just want to see them become genuine contenders. And I don't, I don't quite think they're there yet. But um, yeah, congratulations to okay. them. What would it take? Because you've been a skeptic for a long time now. What, what, um, what I is want it to that's going to make them? Jokic being an MVP and um, tick one tick. Harris okay. and a, a few. I, I think a lot, a lot, a lot comes down to the young players. Like I just don't believe in them yet. I have and, a question um, for Nuggets Field of Gold or whatever. Um, <laughs> what's happened to Gary Harris? Like two years ago, he was like a fantasy star, and so far this year, like he just got dropped in our fantasy league. Yeah, I, it's a real shame. Because he got I, injured last year. Because I had him last year, and he it, was injured for a lot of the season, I think. And he's, he's he's been quiet, right? Yeah, he's been really, really quiet. And he seems to have lost a bit of confidence, I think, going forward. Like, he's right. still good. Like, he's a great defender. But and it, but that's not a fantasy player. Like, who cares about he's that? He's also probably got the, the, the issue that, like, a few years ago, I felt like the Nuggets were mainly, like, like definitely just kind of him, Jokic... Murray a bit more it was kind of felt more just like the three of them and now it feels more like they've got all these kind of guys contributing a bit more I don't know yeah so like three and three four seasons ago that Jokic Gary Harris combo was awesome and that was before Jamal Murray was kind of there and and is what he is now but like yeah Gary Harris was amazing at cutting to the rim and Jokic finding him like off backdoor cuts or lobs and stuff but yeah that got picked up pretty quickly by other teams and they had like the best offense in the league when that was happening um mm. but yeah now teams are kind of picking up on that and cutting it off a lot more like gary harris is still like, he, as soon as he finds his three-point shot um again it'll be different but like he's not even what the he's probably the fifth option now on offense i guess yeah for the nuggets so so in fields of gold i'd like to um i'd like to just chip in on a few other players i guess i guess the reason why i don't think they're a contender is because i don't trust jamal murray's goatee and um and i i want to ask you seriously oh not really about the goatee more about like is jamal murray the second best player on an nba um finals contender yeah yep 100 percent hundred percent okay i like that not yet and um and he's not I, I, but i think he can be Definitely. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, if, if they're a contender this year, it kind of like a lot rests on his shoulders. And um, and you reckon, and, and how how long do you think it'll take? A couple of years, or next year, or this year? Uh, I mean, he's only 22 years old. Yeah, so he's still super young, and he's he's been playing for like three three seasons. But you got to remember that, like the the Nuggets need to be careful because I mean, there was only a few years ago when um, the Thunder were like, we're going to be like this forever, and then you know. Um, the Warriors, even like like they're like this is a dynasty forever. Let's lock all these players down, well, and now they're all injured. You know, can I just say with the Warriors, is like, should people be really scared of them next year? Right, like they're getting absolutely slammed online, and like yeah. Patrick Beverly's like, you had the last five years, the next five yeah. years are mine. But like yeah. next year, if the Warriors are healthy, right? We're looking at Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, D'Angelo Russell, or, or whoever they um, whoever they trade him for, Draymond Green, and now possibly like James Wiseman or whoever they pick if they get like the number one draft pick or whatever. Oh, that would be that would be criminally insane if they got the number one draft. Well, pick. Well, like they're yeah, on could, pace could for it, right? Yeah, yeah, good point. Big time. No one's gonna. <laughs> and people and everyone's like ruling them out like they're done, but it's like, man. 
watch what you say. I, 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 no, I, 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 no, it, 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 yeah, you, you, that's the positive view of it, and you're absolutely right. If all those players come back at the peak of their powers, but um, I guess the players who are criticising them are saying um, they've got huge contracts, and rightly so, for all their championship winners, and um, it's they're hard caps, and chance of, I think, Draymond Green and Clay Thompson ever being the players that they once were, you know, their, their days could be over just because these are, you know, uh, brutal injuries. I'm predicting them to really come back, and I think it's kind of the best thing that could happen to them because now they're like just developing all these random young guys as well to kind of be the contribute as well, like Pashal or whatever, Eric Pashal. Um, so, yeah, they're like they're like grooming all these young guys. Well, don't say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're, uh, yeah, they're training up all these young yeah. guys in like a year off, and then next year I see them coming back with a vengeance. They're, they're literally tanking a season. We've never really seen this before for a team a couple, that's not like bad. Mm, a couple of years ago I thought the Mavericks were doing that. I saw them because they were like I think they were kind of like a playoff team, mm. and then the next year they just were one of the worst teams to like basically yeah. get Luca, and they uh, and I remember just noticing them losing heaps of close games. Like I would always often tune in when I saw a game was close, and it would always be a team playing the Mavericks and then winning like in the last few minutes. Yeah, and um, and it was always like because like Wes Matthews would do some sort of dumb foul or something, and so I had a theory that um, and I remember someone else kind of saying it online eventually that they thought that the um, the Mavericks were like masterfully tanking, and that was why last year I saw the Mavericks like making a jump, a huge jump again, because I thought uh, I thought they'd like done their one year like masterfully, and then with um, Luca and I, I kind of thought um, Dirk was still going to contribute, and then I thought uh, DeAndre Jordan and you know a few of those Wes Matthews and stuff. I just saw them like suddenly being kind of good again, and it didn't happen, yeah. but. Um, you this were so is, sure the, about it that um, you made a fifty dollar oh, bet with me. Um, let's not go into the details <laughs> and point and fingers. then skipped out on the country. <laughs> Has Paul not paid you for the money he owes you for a bet on the, the Dallas Mavericks being good? So I have it in my Google Keep with a reminder that comes up um, every New Year's Eve that Paul owes me fifty dollars for making a ridiculous bet. What so was the bet? Uh, that the Dallas Mavericks would make the playoffs last season. He bet me well, that the Memphis Grizzlies would make the playoffs, and he also also owes me money for that. No, yeah, it was Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, guilty. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think why I had them. Oh, I just thought Conley, Gasol, and I really like Jaron Jackson Jr. But I will say I was also banking on um, Tyreek Evans being good, and he yeah. later got banned from the NBA. Um, oh, oh, Andrew, I can't believe you said this guy was better than me. All right, so Paul's saying the Warriors are looking really good. I'm saying their their, their time could be over just because those players might not come back the same from injury. I'm with Andrew, Paul. you're the you're the tiebreaker here, mate. I'm with Paul on this. I think yeah. it's a masterstroke. You a masterstroke? Yeah, I think they're going to get like a top two or three pick next season. Do they have their draft pick next season? I don't even know. You'd assume do. so, right? Um. And yeah, I think they'll bounce back. Clay Thompson's going to be huge for them when he comes back. He's, there's no way they bring him back this year if they could get a number one pick. Right? No, He's but like s- players, players get that injury and then they're just done for the rest of their careers. Like it could the, be over. The other thing I'd say is that when you have a culture of like 
consistent winning like the 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 uh, Warriors have had. Um, with that comes like all the infrastructure and facilities and 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 you know that kind of stuff to like facilitate future winning as well. Like it's not it's yeah. so hard to like start winning from nothing, but when you've been winning consistently, you've got all that infrastructure in place and to ramp it back up again for them next season, I don't think will be tough. Yeah. So you think you think they're going to be good because they've got a nice trading facility. Uh, yeah, but that plus the whole just the culture of winning, like they're a winning team and they have been for the last few years or decent amount yeah. of years now, and so that's yeah. like the mindset there. And it's not like trying to get the Washington Wizards back into the playoffs or something. Like you've really got to work <laughs> okay. on that. So. Okay. Okay. Um, man, it's been a it's been a wild ride away from um, the fields of gold. But can I just briefly ask a, just a quick two second update on Michael Porter Jr. and Bowl Bowl? What are they up to? Bol Bol, as of today, actually, has just been brought back to the team. He's been playing in the G League. Um, wow, that's been quiet. Yeah, he's been putting up good. He's been playing because the Nuggets don't have a G League team. Um, so he's been playing. So for where's the he Chicago. been playing? Windy City Bulls, um, I think. Um, <laughs> They're like, Bol Bol, bad news. We're sending you to the G League. Double bad news. We don't have a G League team. So you're just going to be playing by yourself in an empty gym. <laughs> yeah. He's averaging like three blo- three blocks a game and stuff in the G League. He looks really good. So they've brought him back um, to the Nuggets. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. Um, his shot looks really good. Like he, he's so tall. He's like a stick insect out there. Kind of like his dad was, I guess. Um, and Ma- um, Michael, Michael Porter. Porter. Um, he's been getting more and more minutes as the games go on um he played decent like proper rotation minutes yesterday against boston um i think he'll come a lot he's still i think getting up to speed with the pace of the nba game like it's so hard to if you've played college basketball to like move into how fast the nba game's played um so i'd say he's still adjusting to that not an, and especially because he's had a season sitting on the bench which makes it probably even worse uh i i'm really excited about michael porter jr he's going to be a star so am i but um, but at the same time, there's just a huge injury risk hanging over him at all times. Um, great finish uh, to Fields of Gold. Um, mm. What a segment, um, Paul. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, solid, solid first first app. We need but, a theme well, song for it. Is it? Well, I sang a theme song. It was great. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and we also need a theme song for the next segment, uh, Movie Magic with Paul. Movie magic with Paul. This is my new uh, favorite this week, segment. This week I went and saw the. What'd you say, film. Andrew? What'd you say? I said this is my new favorite segment. Yes. Actually, mo- yeah. you don't Everyone's even watch saying. movies. I know, but that's why I'm so excited about the movie segment because I don't watch movies. <laughs> this is like as close as it comes to. That <laughs> you should put that on the on the poster for movie the movie segment, Paul. It should be um as close as you can come to the real thing. Hmm. Um, okay, so this week I went and saw Charlie's Angels, the new Charlie's Angels film. Oh my film. god! And it has been—I've seen it on Twitter a bit because it's been uh, a financial disaster, I think. Um, and the director Elizabeth Banks came out to say uh, that men don't go to female-led action films, which is probably true. Uh, I'll also say this film, at least here in New York, received zero publicity. Like I've seen, watch, had to watch the same trailer for the war film, nineteen twelve or whatever it is, Sam Mendes' war film. I've seen that trailer so many times. 
I did not know there was a new Charlie's Angels film out. I just happened yeah, to well. go on like the um, movie, the cinema website and saw it was playing. Why did you go then? Uh, well, I have a subscription to the movie theater <laughs> and so I have to um, see a certain amount of films. You're contractually obliged from contractually paying this obliged. money. No, no. Well, the thing is, is like the movies are free basically and I love going to the movies and I wanted to see the movie. And I went, and it's. I think it's had pretty poor reception. But I will say this: it is an enjoyable film. I had, I enjoyed. I had fun the whole time, from start to finish. There's some very weird moments that you just don't know what it was that just happened. Like there's one bit where um, Kirsten Stewart kind of grabs um, Jasmine from Aladdin's hand and holds her hand, and it's and you don't know what's going on. And uh, there's no explanation for that. But um, it's an enjoyable film. But I will say this. After I saw it, the next day I kind of woke up and I was thinking about the the, the last Charlie's Angels films. Uh, I'm sure you guys have probably seen them. You know, Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, Ringing Any Bells. And I was thinking how, like, those films, at least to me, I haven't watched them since I was a kid, but they seemed very iconic and kind of big huge films uh you know there was the chad if you remember him played by tom green or something mm-hmm. just Who iconic was, he, he was um what's her name's boyfriend at the time he got in the Drew movie because he was her boyfriend yeah yeah how crazy See, is that but like those films did seem kind of quite iconic to me there was the guy creepy guy um who sniffs here um, it's because you're a kid at the time, though. That's why. Played by Crispin Glovin. On that, like those ones did really well at the box office, right? And they had female. Yeah, I think they. Films. I think they were, but yeah. But and, the, um, um, the big difference between that and this is that they had huge stars like Cameron. That's what D, I'm saying. Lucy that's, Liu. That's what I'm going on to say. Is like while this film, I had a good time. It's just lack. It's just it's a step backwards in terms of Charlie's Angels. Like it shouldn't have. This shouldn't have been the the re, the, the reboot of Charlie's Angels. Like yeah. I was thinking, you need to get like Jennifer Lawrence probably needs to be one of the Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm. I I did actually think who I thought should be the three. Charlie's I actually Angels. thought I, I I thought um I thought uh the Ariana Grande who sings the theme song or whatever. I thought she was going to be in it. I assumed she yeah. was one of them. So that was my other complaint. Was like remember the uh. Disney's Child song from Charlie's Angels. It's, it's iconic, one of Disney Child's best songs. Iconic, right? And then this one, they got um, Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus, and Lana Del Rey to make a song. And it's like, okay, surely this is going to be a massive, like the biggest song in the world. Three of the mm-hmm. biggest stars. And then you hear it, and it's just like absolutely half-baked. Um, it goes, uh, don't call... This is the chorus. Don't call me angel. And it's like, what? <laughs> They yeah. co- like they are the angels, at least. It's amazing. It, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It literally call them angels. <laughs> mm. It's um, it's pretty amazing though that um, Destiny's Child wrote because like writing a, a a hit song and it has happened. Um, you look at like Happy for the um, Minions movie, which was like mm. it drove me crazy when I worked in radio because it constantly banged. It was like the biggest song of the year. Um, and even Justin Timberlake's horrible, horrible song. Wait, Andrew, I've got a bad feeling you're a huge Justin Timberlake fan. Why do you have a feeling about that? (laughs) 
Um, just because I, I think I remember you being a big, big Justin Timberlake fan. I do like a bit of Justin. Well, um, Tim, you like? I, Justin a big, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan. Mirrors by Justin Timberlake is like one of the best songs ever. So no, no, I love I love Mirrors by Justin Timberlake, but he wrote he tried to be Pharrell and write the song um, uh, "Can't Stop the Feeling" for the Trolls movie. When you dance, 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 it's so bad. Like that song, he should be murdered for that song. It wasn't hit um, though. Like you hear it a lot. Yeah, but yeah, but it, uh, sometimes I think hits are manufactured by um, the yeah. record label just ramming them through, and I think that's one where they just like they just made it work. Um, um, I like Happy Levi's is range. an okay song. Charlie what? Puth and Wiz Khalifa, See You Again, another film song. Yeah, so quite often years. they succeed, and then and then it's just amazing. Like the the song for the last Charlie's Angels movie with Destiny's Child is one of the greatest pop songs ever. I think. You Limp know, Biscuits, uh, Mission Impossible Two, banger. <laughs> <laughs> Would I, I actually that know one. that song? Like, how does that go? Uh, it's the Mission Impossible theme song, but like rap rock. Oh my wow. god. I gotta check that out. Um, you'll you'll know it. It was huge back in like 2003. Okay, Paul, take us home. Um, that's enough limp, limp biscuit for one day. Take <laughs> us home. We've got to wrap this podcast up. Um, uh, how do you recommend Charlie's Angels as a movie to see? Yeah, I recommend it. I think it's a fun flick. Even Enjoy- the poster looks bad. Like it's just a very casual photo. That's what I'm saying. The the poster is bad. Uh, and there's like it's some of the locations yeah that's i kind of thought that maybe as well at one stage they're like i can't remember what country they're in they're somewhere exotic and they're like oh we got to go to this um like dirt mine and then they just <laughs> go to this crummy dirt mine that's clearly just like in london or wherever they're filming the movie yeah and um and it's like surely you could have chosen a better location than like this big like dirt hole for this like this like 15 minute chunk of the film um <laughs> so i think maybe it was yeah. quite small budget and the fact they haven't marketed it at all i don't know but it's an enjoy i'll, I'll say uh, it again well, it's an enjoyable ride the whole way through i think i thought even the dirt so ride. um so so yeah, even the dirt context, bit's fine but um guys, and there, I there's, think we've, we've, there's yeah. some bad bits where like um there's one bit where Kirsten Stewart's like yeah that guy he was so extra and you know how like people on Twitter say say stuff is extra yeah and I I didn't know that but yeah oh okay sure you've heard the term extra guys I think we actually cracked it Charlie's Angels 2000 the budget was 75 million Charlie's Angels full throttle 120 million this latest Charlie's Angels 33 million wow okay oh actually 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 sorry Sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't know if that is the um, that is the case. That's how much it made. So it may oh. um, it may actually be. Well, um, why don't you look up the budget? I'm trying to I'm trying to do that now. Um, um, oh, 48 million, 48 million. So even adjusted adjusted for inflation, it's way way less. But um, even just on non-inflation adjusted numbers, it's less. Way how less. how did you possibly adjust it for inflation so fast? You're a- genius no 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 no, no, no what i'm saying is what i'm saying is if it was 75 million the same as the old one yeah i'm a math genius what can i say anyway um this podcast has come to an end i think has everyone said all the things they need to say this week and we can do it again next week yeah i think so yeah i reckon i, I honestly didn't come into this episode with a lot planned to say um next week i'm gonna be ready okay um look forward to that i've been guy williams I don't do that anymore.
Andrew want to do that? Uh, I've been Andrew Price. Hey! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.